cataphilia. Are you familiar with the term? It's a favorite of mine. If you happen to follow my Instagram, you know that I am a bit of a taphophile, otherwise known as a cemetery enthusiast. I love exploring cemeteries, finding unique graves, piecing together stories from years past. I can spend hours upon hours in cemeteries. Admittedly, some find my passion a little bit macabre, but I do not feel that way about it at all. I simply find cemeteries fascinating and enlightening. But why does a death doula feel the need to dedicate a post each week to something that I call Fave Grave Friday? Of course, there's the obvious. I need to be aware of what is available and what may become available to my clients. But surely a love of cemeteries and graveyards isn't a requirement for death doulas. You're right, it isn't. So then, how is my taphophilia, my love of cemeteries, useful to my work as a death doula? Welcome to Death Becomes Her, the mini-cast where we spend five to ten minutes discussing death, dying, and grief from a variety of angles. I'm your host, Lyella Kelly. In the past year, I've had the opportunity to visit a wide array of cemeteries. I've toured a corporately owned green cemetery, privately owned rustic natural burial grounds, graveyards that have become resting places of Civil War dead, a Mexican city cemetery, some of the oldest cemeteries in Portugal and Spain, a naval cemetery in Gibraltar, a Muslim cemetery, and an Anglican cemetery in Morocco, on top of a number of traditional local cemeteries here in Montana. So yes, I am a fan. I have found cemeteries fascinating since I was a child. At a very young age, my great-grandpa took me to an old cemetery near Paradise, California. He pointed out the little lambs on tombstones and explained their significance, that the little lambs meant little children. It was sad, but even as a child, I was interested. I've been seeking out cemeteries ever since. I feel like cemeteries are a kind of museum. They offer us a snapshot in time. We can get an idea of what was happening in a given period, maybe a war, some kind of plague, or a local tragedy. Funeral architecture gives us a glimpse of the wealth and affluence of an area. On the other hand, potter's fields give us an idea of the struggles of certain segments of society. Or consider the imagery so common in cemeteries. The symbolism emblazoned on tombstones and monuments help us to understand the belief systems, values, and social societies that shaped a person. In Logan, Utah, I found a tombstone that shared a recipe for fudge. It immediately gave me a happy picture of who that woman may have been. Cemeteries are a window into a community's past and present. Let's talk a bit about symbolism, specifically in the Victorian era. Wait, maybe I should back up a bit. First, let's talk about the Victorian era. The Victorian era is the period between 1837 and 1901, which is the reign of British Queen Victoria. 
Queen Victoria had her own interesting relationship with death, stemming from the death of her husband, Prince Albert, who died of typhoid fever at the young age of 42 years old. After his death, Victoria wore mourning garments for the customary two years, but after the two years passed, she continued to wear black and a widow's cap. She remained in mourning for the rest of her life and thus the rest of her reign. Britannica.com says that she lived surrounded by mementos, photographs, miniatures, busts, and souvenirs of her dear husband. Each night, Albert's clothes were laid out on the bed. Every morning, fresh water was put in the basin in his room. She slept with a photograph over her head, taken of his head and shoulders as he lay dead. No doubt, the depth of her mourning affected the attitudes of her empire and beyond. Meanwhile, In the United States, a new style of cemetery was emerging, cemeteries that would eventually be identified as Victorian cemeteries. These park-like cemeteries with rolling grounds, winding pathways, beautiful landscaping, and elaborate grave markers were being designed for rural areas. The dead were no longer buried in churchyards. Instead, they were laid to rest in memorial parks meant not just for their practical use, but also as a pleasant environment for the living, a place to recreate. It wasn't uncommon to find people picnicking amongst the tombstones. And what of those tombstones? The Victorian tombstones are among my favorite. Oh, the symbolism. Not only are they often elaborate and quite beautiful, they also give us an idea of what was most prized by the dead and their loved ones. During the Victorian era, the idea of a good death was highly valued. A good death meant that you died at home, surrounded by loved ones, and in possession of a clear Christian conscience. That last part, the clear Christian conscience, was frequently represented on gravestones. It's not uncommon to find pious representations like a bundle of wheat on the stone of an elderly person. The wheat, in reference to the biblical text found at Job 5 verse 26, which says, you shall come to the grave at a full age, as a sheaf of grain ripens in its season. Or a laurel wreath symbolizing immortality or victory over death, which is referencing 1 Corinthians 15 verses 55 and 57, where it says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? But thanks be to God, who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. A laurel crown is an ancient symbol of victory, so you can see why laurel wreaths and crowns are such popular symbols in cemeteries. I could go on and on and on with the symbolism, but that's a topic for another day. Flowers, leaves, stumps, columns, anchors, boots, hands, gates, swords. There's so much to decode as we walk amongst the tombs. Not all grave art is biblical in nature. For example, in the Père Lachaise Cemetery in Paris, many graves are adorned with interesting sculptures that seem to be art for art's sake, or an interesting cemetery that I visited in Tulcan, Ecuador. It was landscaped with topiaries that would make Edward Scissorhands proud. Throughout the world, people have found appealing, meaningful ways to honor their dead. It is for that reason that I share Fave Grave Friday with my Instagram followers and why I seek out cemeteries whenever I visit a new place. They are a treasure trove of information about people and their relationship with death. 
a topic that is very important to me. As we wander the calm, peaceful paths through a cemetery of whatever sort, Victorian, community, green, natural, whatever the case may be, we have the opportunity to spend a little time thinking about mortality. Thinking about how people in the past address mortality and how we face our own. Cemeteries remind us that all will die, rich, poor, whatever our race, whatever our creed. They remind us to live better now. How will we choose to honor our loved ones when they die? Could we start showing that honor to a greater degree now, before they're gone or before we're gone? Or those of you who are green burial enthusiasts, are you into natural burial? If so, are you living an earth-conscious, community-conscious life now? Does your lifestyle align with your death style? It's not in an effort to judge ourselves, though I suppose it could be, but it's more about taking note of ourselves, examining our feelings and actions. If we choose to, we can learn so much about ourselves and our cultures, our pasts, our presence, and even to an extent, our futures, when we let a little bit of death into our lives. Cemeteries and a bit of contemplation can help us to see the big picture and our place in it. That self-awareness can bring great comfort as we navigate our own end-of-life decisions. And that supports my goal to empower people in whatever way I can to face their own mortality with grace and understanding. I hope I've planted a little taphophiliac seed in you. Maybe we'll cross paths in a cemetery one day, but if not, you can see my posts for Fave Grave Fridays on Instagram. My handle is leavingwelldeathdoula. I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to the Death Becomes Her minicast. Connect with me, Lyella Kelly, at www.leavingwellmt.com. Special thanks to Roman Belove for our intro and outro music. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, talking about death won't kill you. I promise.